Hi, I'm Nate. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to our show, Two Beards, Please. We are two Wisconsin guys with houses full of women. Which sounded better when we were in our 20s. We're both married with two daughters each, and we'll be getting together to talk about life, tell stories, and try to make each other laugh. And hopefully, you too. Hello and welcome to this episode of Two Beards, Please. This is number 41. So we've officially passed middle age. (laughs) I think we're still middle age, but yes, we are episode 41, and we've got what I consider a heck of a treat for our listening audience. We've got three different local musicians, and when I say local musicians, I mean local to the Milwaukee area. And a little bit south. Southeastern Wisconsin, yes. And (laughs) And a little bit north of northern Illinois. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't count Illinois. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that, though. Yeah. To start us off, and Zach, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your last name. We've got do it, Zach Petriani from or Pe- Zach. <laughs> let me try Petrini. again. Zach, Zach Petrini. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. <laughs> Zach <laughs> Petrini from the Zach Petrini band. That's it. Welcome just, to our show. Yep. Zach, to be here. Zach is recording remotely, uh, much like Andrew and I have been for the last several months. Zach, I actually hadn't listened to any of your stuff prior to Andrew introducing me to you last week when we met to discuss how we were going to talk today. I spent Sunday evening sitting on my porch listening to all three of you that we're going to talk to, but for at least an hour or so of each. Let me just say that I'm impressed, man. You've got some... <laughs> some of the stuff that you have is pretty awesome from my perspective. Thanks. Um, you've definitely got that country vibe, uh, kind of a Nashville, and I know you've done some recording in Nashville, as well as Denver, yeah. right? Those are the two areas that you've done your album recordings, correct? Yeah, so I've done them... Um, uh, yeah, so Nashville uh, for two of them... Denver for one, and then Chicago and Milwaukee for the others. What kind of influences did you have growing up that brought you into that? Because when I'm talking country Nashville vibes, I'm talking like old school slide guitar, almost kind of harkens back to some of the older, you know, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash with the country style that you have. What, explain how you got to that point with your music. The start of it was at a young age, I took piano and really just always enjoyed playing music. Um, Like a lot of people got kind of my start as a church musician doing all that, which, you know, at least when I was starting to do a lot of that stuff in in church music, like I think one of the, the great things about like hymns and stuff is that so much of old country and storytelling actually kind of have very interesting crossovers with hymnary, if you will. My dad was really big into just like rock and roll and old soul and stuff like that. And so that's kind of like where my musical journey started. But there was a very two clear albums that really kind of shifted me getting into storytelling. Because as, as a young kid, like we, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, me and my buddies all liked loud, fast, harder stuff. And, you know, like, that's it's typically great, what I but listen I don't to. have the voice that can keep up with that kind of stuff. Like, I've got a pretty, you know, in my opinion, it's a pretty just, like, straightforward voice, you know? Yep. What I noticed is that, like, I kept leaning towards, like, the content of the song over, like, the attitude and expression, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When I was first getting introduced to singer-songwriters who, like, take their time to tell a good story, to hang out and not be so like, all right, you got two and a half minutes, you got to get in and out. That really enamored me. So the first time I heard, uh, it was Ray LaMontagne's Trouble, that record, it totally changed how I was approaching music. I heard that when I was, I think, a junior in high school. And I was just like, oh, you can do this? Where it's just like a guy (laughs) and a guitar and like two other people, three other people, and you don't have to You know, it's way more about like telling a compelling story. That's how I started doing that and actually kind of got in. My first record is more along the lines of that one. It's an upright bass. It's a fiddle, uh, drums, a little bit of piano, but then it's mainly just like my guitar and my voice. But as I was kind of dancing around in that genre and just starting to kind of dig into it and who were his influences and all that stuff, I uh, came across a guy named Ryan Adams who I was convinced I hated for the longest time because <laughs> people only played me as like poppy rock and roll stuff. Right. Um, but I started getting into more of his older catalog where it was like him and the, uh, um, the Cardinals. And so it's, you know, Ryan Adams doing his sad thing, telling these old Southern stories. And like I, the song specifically, it's called The End. And he just tells this amazing story of growing up. 
and the haunting nature of the place he grew up in. And it's got pedal steel and it's got a great like drony, like sad guitar and everything is simple and uh, the imagery is fantastic. And so literally after that record, that, that really just solidified the fact that like, this is the sound that I want to like dance around. This is the area I want to be in. Um, and I would say that was probably, that was like mid college. So a couple years after hearing that Ray LaMontagne record. And that was the thing that kind of kicked me into doing the whole songwriting thing. I'm specifically going after it as a career. If that was also in the question, it may not have yep. been, but I'm going to answer <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was, you know, I was in bands all growing up and did that whole thing, but always kind of saw it as like, oh, this is kind of a hobby. And my dad actually one day stopped me after doing a bunch of demos for a, a project that I was working on. And like he had listened to my whole catalog very, you know, like, I mean, none of it was good, uh, but he was very aware of all of it. And so when it shifted to being something that was, you know, palatable, he's like, hey, uh, you know, these are pretty good. You, you should like consider you might you know, doing something, something with this more than being a hobby. And really that was one of the things that just kicked me off to like feel as a young man, I had that permission, you know? Yeah. So uh, that dovetails into another question I have. Do you have a day job or is this full time now? Is this your, your full time gig? Yeah. I mean, it's always shifting. There were seasons where I, you know, had like four other things in the fire, you know, with COVID, like everything got all messed right. up, sure. so I, you know? Um, but yeah, mainly this is what I'm doing. I do some work for churches and had for a little while as like a quarter time deal doing music for them. I did the booking for some shows at Twisted Path Distillery in Milwaukee. I am a writer at a studio that's kind of on pause right now, but doing like writing for TV and film. But all that slowed down and again, yeah. crazy with COVID. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, it's all around music. music. Yeah, like Great. touring was like the biggest part of how I, you know, did this. And so that was like, you know, my 20 hours a week would kind sure. of fall in under that purview and then fill in the gaps elsewhere. I do have one question, Andrew, before right, you ahead. pop in here. You, you, you talk about a little bit about what you're doing now. I'm going to tie this back to one of our episodes called uh, Crummy Jobs. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back <laughs> oh, and listen to that uh, right now. In fact, we'll wait for you. Go ahead. No, do it. And we're back. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what? So what crummy jobs have you had? What was the oh What gosh. was the crummiest job that you had as job? a starving musician? What did you? A touring musician is can't be the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you? Because let's let's be honest. At some point, you had to suck it up and get a real job just to make ends meet. What was that crummy job that you had to do? So right out of college was the the recession. And was definitely, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't making any money from doing music. It was all like going back into funding itself and new projects right. and all that stuff. It's great. It's like working for free all the time. But <laughs> like as a result, you know, like, I, yeah, I had to get a had to get a day job. And I couldn't like Chipotle wasn't even calling me back. So it was a pretty low point. <laughs> um, they didn't even trust me to make no rice, which, whatever, I guess I could see that. But anyway, that I ended musician. up, He's gonna eat luckily, us a, a friend's dad got me a job working at his company, which was industrial ventilation. Basically, what I would do is I would show up to these factories that very reluctantly hired you because if you weren't the EPA shutting them down for v like right. venting their toxic chemicals, they really didn't care. But they had these things called air scrubbers that would all of like the, like the poison gas that was coming off of these right. um, vats of basically like acid and stuff. Right. They right. had to be cleaned. And so I was the guy who got to go up into these air scrubbers and pull the filters out that were covered in acid, <laughs> spray them down, wash them off, put them back in. And so I would come home and there would just be like holes in my pants, yeah. my underwear, like just burns. I put a DeWalt grinder into this knuckle right here, having to like cut a pipe. Like it was just the whole thing. Like my day one on the job, the boss looked at me and he's like, I just want you to know that if you fall into one of these vats, the kind thing for me to do is to just hold you down. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's so, yeah. an that's ominous a, start. Yes. Yeah. Well, fortunately you don't, you don't have to be uh, dealing with acid vats anymore with yeah. Uh, yeah. where you're Moving at. Moving up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for a while. I like to tell the story of um, when I met you 
was at a show just north of Chicago when you uh, when you proposed to your wife. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we didn't talk to each other again until like three years later. And then we I saw you at another show and thought I remembered you and you looked at me like I was crazy. And then I finally got a hold of you on the phone and we've done some projects together. So that's <laughs> so that's been great. What I always wonder when I have friendships and talk to musicians is, you know, you, you sort of s are able to kind of pull the curtain away sometimes a little bit and see some of the struggles it is to be like an artist or a musician, and especially an artist and a musician who's, you know, raising a family and trying to provide not only monetarily for the family, but also like be there um, as a father or a mother or a, a partners, right? Can you talk a little bit to like how you've been able to <laughs> i perceive you as doing that somewhat successfully um you may not but i i do I know i do know your family and you are being successful as a as a father and a provider so can you speak a little bit to that to like how you can balance this sort of and again with covid it's different but there's this crazy musician lifestyle right so you're on tour and you're gone for a month and you're you know in and out of the you know sleeping in vans and playing in bars and trying to make sure you, the venue pays you before you have to leave to go to another one do you have a question here or is this a five minute yeah. soliloquy for you that's my it's it's, it's i, I gotta to talk when i can man you don't let me talk ever <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, how do you balance so, that? you know, to speak to balance and family, like what, what that looks like. I, you know, honestly, for me, this is all a big question mark, you know? <laughs> like, I think what we're doing is working, but I don't know. I guess part of it starts with just having the humility to say that, like, I'm sure there's going to be some part of the way that my kids are being raised that isn't going to jive with them when they're older, and <laughs> we're going to have to deal with that, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, We're going to yeah. have to talk through it. And I think having the humility to say, like, I will give you the space to let me know if something like this hurts you or there's something that you need to have resolved with me. Because, I mean, well, let's face it, like it is. It's, it's really difficult on them. They have a really hard time when I'm gone. It's been really hard. This last tour that I was on, like, you know, one of the mixed blessings of it was like we were two weeks in. And we had a bunch more dates to go, and I was just, like, dying. Sure. I was like, I need to get home. I need to see my family. Like, this, I was just in a really bad place. I mean, I think some of it is, like, you do end up getting more time at home sometimes. Like, there are seasons where I have nothing going on. So they see me probably more <laughs> than they want to see me, you know? Um, I do think, and I do kind of rest my hat a little bit on this idea that, like, it's quality over quantity, like, they, they want to see you, but they want to have good time with you. And I just think of how hard it is for some parents where it's like, you know, you work an eight-hour job, but you're commuting sure. 40 minutes both ways. And by the time you cook dinner and get him to bed, you maybe have only seen him for a half hour that day anyway. And, right. like, generally speaking, that's not our normal day. You know, dad's only gone for these condensed periods of time, sure. but then home and around's like, way more so... Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. And we've constantly had to been like be shifting um, and shifting and reevaluating as we go during seasons of babies versus toddlers. <laughs> sure. And, you know, like each one has a specific need. So, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is just like being have, like just being super candid with my wife and her right back at me. Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? In three months, you know, another tour is going to happen. Are you going to be right. okay with that? Right. How can we like support each, you know? So yeah, we're not perfect at it and it's very difficult for sure. But yeah, you know, I think that's a lot of it though. Yeah. Um, just communication. Like yeah. Else. Put it on the calendar. Let everybody yeah. see the calendar. <laughs> stay very aware of the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's get back to your music a little bit. You mentioned storytelling, and that's really something that popped out at me as something that is a component of all of the songs that you had that I've listened to, at least, and I listen to everything that's out on Spotify so far. That is something that it's either a lost art or it's, it's not as prevalent in a lot of today's music, especially the pop scene. And to me, it doesn't speak to me because... Part of the beauty of a song is the lyrics and, and how, how it tells a story. What sort of things do you use as inspiration to tell those stories? Some of it is just other good stories, you know? I think of just, like, watching a, a film that was kind of like the, the linchpin in, like, 
understanding the motivation of a character in a new way and then putting that into a song. You know, that's part of it. But let me specify one for you. So yeah, out of the songs that I've listened to, the one that I found is my personal favorite is Learning the Hard Way. How did that song come about? Because <laughs> I yeah. think that that's... If if anybody has listened to some of our previous episodes, I think that could be a theme song for this show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah that's one that yeah. really spoke Thank to you. me. Where did um, you get the inspiration? Yeah, that one on that? is like uh, that song was birthed out of a moment of clarity in my life. Songwriting is so bizarre. Like half of it is skill and half of it is luck. It's this weird thing of wrangling like spirits almost, you know. <laughs> and that song. So I had this. I'll give you like the full piece of it, right? So like I talk to myself a lot. So I'm kind of a total crazy person. Very, uh, you wouldn't know it always, but depressed and anxious, depressed, sure, anxious, you know, who knows? But anyway, so I'm constantly like talking to myself. And whilst doing so, the words oblivion in a 750 of gin, I was like, that sounds really nice. And I was like, what else? How, like, if I'm going to put that into a song, what is the story of this song? And at that moment in my life, was just really convicted by this idea that like I am always like two or three bad decisions away from completely wrecking my life. And I think honestly like all of us are, yeah, right? Like Definitely. Like you make a couple bad choice like and and I think that idea of of what's well, humbling obviously, but I think that's the truth. Like a lot of us feel this idea of like we're, we're insulated, we've got life under control, things are fine, but then like a couple bad things happen and like all of a sudden we've totally wrecked something. And so yeah. I, I was just really, just for a lot of reasons, highly aware of that in my life. Um, you know, we were going through some really hard times, my wife and I. Uh, I, I had to, you know, I was working in three, four jobs, having like nervous breakdowns and like drinking too much. And that alone, I was just like, if something doesn't change or I don't kind of get a handle on this, I'm going to ruin my marriage. I'm going to like my responsibilities aren't going to get done. Like I need to figure out what's going on. And so I think just taking a song into yourself and owning it and being that person knowing full well that like, yeah, man, like if I drink too much one night on accident, like I could not even mean it, but could totally cause some damage. And I was just very convicted by that. And so I was like, cool. Okay. I'm going to write a song just about that thing as a reminder to myself to always like, you know, have grace on people because this is a real thing. Like, not everybody who messes up their life means to. Uh, it's it's a it's so a yeah. great song for sure. And like I said, it really spoke to me. Was one of my favorites that I listened to. Do you um, find thanks. in songwriting that you pull a higher percentage from sort of your personal experience than you do from outside? Yeah, it's probably like eighty twenty. Yeah. Um, most of it is personal, and I think just even for me, like I'm I'm having to learn how to walk that balance now, especially as I get older and my emotional energy is less and less, but, um, a lot of it is. And I, and I think the reason being is like one, like the moment making music doesn't serve me anymore. Like there's no reason to do it, but, um, also just that, like as a way of processing through my own stuff. And also like, if I'm trying to like sell a song in a sense, like if I don't believe in it, if I, if I can't stand behind it, not just as like a craft and a work, but right. also as something I have to do multiple nights a year. If I don't believe the song, it's going to come through. And so I try yeah. to keep it as close to myself as I can. Well, I think for me, uh, one of the reasons I love your music is because it feels true, right? So it's a story that... It's authentic. That it's, not, it's not something that you're, you know, I don't feel like you're trying to convince me of something right you're just telling me something and and it's always rooted in that truth and i think that comes you know would you agree if it comes from that sort of personal connection to it i mean that's certainly the hope like one of my biggest hopes in doing this is that yeah you you listen to these songs and you hear things that are true and that's what connects you you know mm-hmm. that you don't feel I mean, that's a, I, I forgot who said it. A friend relayed this quote to me and it was like, the pop star basically tells you, look at me, look at how we're different. And the songwriter tells you, here's me, come along with. Yeah. Def- and that's my hope. Yeah. And so like, if, if it's true, if it's, if it's me conveying a truth, like I, I would hope that, yeah, somebody would hear it and be like, oh yeah, that's the, I connect to that. 
So I think it boils down to being authentic and real. And I think that comes across in your music. If one wanted to support you and get you the biggest financial benefit for consuming your music, is the best way to do that to buy your stuff at your shows? Or is it is it available elsewhere? Can you get it off your website? Yeah, yeah. Website is great. Even buying the MP3s. Let me recommend this to our listeners. Check out new artists, then go support them, buy their stuff. Yeah. Buy the physical, buy totally. the MP3, buy the other stuff. Zach, I'm going to go out to your website later today and I'm and I'll, I'll actually pay for and download the music cuz I think it is good Thanks, stuff man. and something something that I'm willing to support and put my money behind, for sure. Thanks. Speaking... You can also go buy albums and then just hand them out to random people too. <laughs> that's how people. That's what I do. Yeah, Andrew, you're you're very guilty of that, and maybe, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Maybe we should do a giveaway, Andrew. Maybe maybe we go. could we, get. We, I'll get buy an, some albums. We'll do a giveaway. Autographed album from the Zach P- Petriani band. Petriani, right? Whatever. <laughs> Zach Alphabet. That's what I'll call you. All right. So speaking of listening to your music, you have something you can play for us today. I can. Let me. Something. I totally forgot to grab my guitar. We can pause here, it. but something that, uh, What's prefer- that something that preferably you own the rights to and can authorize us playing on our show. Yeah. Uh, well, good thing it's all of them. Okay, good. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. Here, give me one second. I'm going to yeah, go grab sure. my guitar. It's in the yeah. other room. So while Zach's gone, ZachPetrini.com. Z-A-C-H-P-I-E-T-R-I-N-I.com. That's where you can find all of his stuff. You can buy albums and CDs, and you can link to his social media. Another good way to support artists is to follow them on social media, right? Share their stuff when they have new things coming out. We will put links to their social media and also their websites as well. All right, I'm back. Hey. I'll let you uh, intro the song. What are you going to play for us? So this is a new song that I'm working on for an EP that will be coming out who knows exactly when. So this is exclusive. Um, this is a Two Beards Please exclusive. This is awesome. This is exclusive. Yes. <laughs> Only a few people have heard this song before. Perfect. But I wrote it over the pandemic when I got home from tour that canceled. It's a very weird, sad song about uh, modern love. It's called Amelia. Promise if you follow me out of this bar Things are gonna get pretty complicated And if you ain't sure just who you are I can't be the one who explains it You grew up fast And the world got mean And you raised yourself On magazines Amelia Hope you find What you're looking for I got a little habit And you got some time Sitting right here is complicated I was reaching for my phone You put your hand in mine And said conversation is overrated You grew up fast And the world got mean You raised yourself on magazines Amelia Hope you find what you're looking for Hope you find what you're looking for I just wonder where we go from here Modern love is complicated I'm just trying to be crystal clear 
doesn't mean I keep on waiting Cause you grew up fast and the world got mean You raised yourself on magazines, Amelia Hope you find what you're looking for Hope you find what you're looking for Amelia (laughs) That was great That was awesome Thank you so you heard it here first. Yeah. If you like what you hear, go to his website, which Andrew gave to you while he was going to get his guitar, and buy his stuff, download his music. Yeah, great stuff. Go buy see his shows. Buy two copies and give one to a friend. Yeah, <laughs> I approved that message. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Zach. Well, thanks, Zach. And, uh, and uh, I look forward gonna... to the day we can see each other at a show again, my friend. Yeah, man, thanks. Yeah, and thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah, thanks anything, for joining uh, us. Any last minute you want to tell anything to anybody? Be kind to each other. We like that. That's good. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. We'll see you later. Sweet. See ya. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to drop in a promo for our friend B at Arbitrary Advice. Go listen to her show. We'll be back shortly. Hey, guys. This is B from Arbitrary Advice, your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to this extra special episode of Two Beards, Please. This is our uh, local music episode, and now we've got in the studio, <laughs> in the virtual in the studio remote, with us. three-part remote studio <laughs> yeah. of ultra-extra remote learning. We, we have another music <laughs> professional, Mr. Ben Harold. Welcome yes, to the show, Ben. ben. Look at the, hear the clapping. I know. Wow. There's, there's, wow. Cheers all over the place. I want I want you guys to know that I uh, I cut my toenails for you today. Well, and perfect. I appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Went all out because I, I mean I'd we were hoping you. that you weren't going to come with craggly toenails, but you know. Andrew doesn't know he has toes. I, I haven't seen my toes in like twenty years, so it's it's all good. They're overrated. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, I actually hadn't heard of you prior to us talking last week when we did that prep meeting for this episode. Yeah. This last Sunday, I actually sat down and I was telling Zach this as well, but I sat on my front porch and basically listened through your discography that was available out on Spotify just to kind of get a feel for your style and an understanding of what you bring as far as your musicianship. I was impressed. It's not typically the style that I listen to. You're kind of, I would describe you in, you had, tell me if I'm wrong here, if I'm completely off base, if I'm not getting your vibe, but I would describe you as kind of a laid back, folky almost type of a atmosphere to your music. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. The idea for the first album was a lot more of what you're saying. So, and a lot of the discography that's out there right now is from the first album. We released that in April last year. So it was it was a lot more along those lines. I went out to write that album as sort of a more laid back, folky feel. Mm-hmm. So you're not wrong. Yeah. And and I the more recent one that I released is a song called Just a Ghost. And that's the acoustic version of that is, again, along the same line. So you're not wrong. No, I um, the new album we're working on now, it's kind of funny because the first album, I played one song on electric guitar on that one. This new album we're working on now, I'm predominantly playing electric guitar. It's a lot more. We, we call ourselves folk rock soul is sort of the style. But really, this next album is going to be more on the rock folk soul, you know, a little nice. bit more of the uh, heavier, a little more upbeat, a little faster pace. Okay. Well, and uh, Zach, I, or Zach, I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> hey, don't worry. I love does, Zach. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 
uh, Ben, I met you through the show that I put on every year um, yeah. to benefit the food banks uh, winter song. We had you play a headline last year, and you know I'd listen. I'd done the same thing that Nate did: is listen to your album that was out there and some of your stuff, and then you. <laughs> You came to the show with your with the band with the rising and you guys like blew the windows out of the place and then i remember talking to you afterwards and i'm like hey you guys should really think about putting that sound down on record and you're like yeah we know we got it <laughs> like you know you know you as an artist you try to find who you sure. are as a musician that first album was a great experiment and experience just figuring out who i was writing style and this new one's going to be same thing right along those lines just exploring different routes I love it, man. I love being able nice. to blow the windows out. As a big fan of kind of the rockabilly, southern rock genres uh, or styles of music, it sounds like what you're coming up with is going to be more down the path that I would typically listen to. So I'm, I'm excited to hear this new album that you have. I'm not saying I dislike the first album. It just wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. My wife yeah. was a big fan of it, though. So I played yep. several songs for her, and that really speaks to her style, the style that she enjoys listening to. So, well, um, yeah, every album we put out, we're going to go for another demographic. First, we go for the wives. <laughs> yeah. The next one, we're going to go for the middle-aged husbands. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and the, the next album is going to be very geriatric-based. We're going to. And then, you know, when once you become middle-aged, then yeah, you'll right. do the bubblegum pop. Album. Oh, once, <laughs> right? once I become, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Appreciate I'm trying. That. I'm trying. You know. <laughs> Did you give Zach that one? too <laughs> <laughs> no i laid off him a little bit <laughs> ben what got you into music what prompted you to decide this was going to be your kind of life work a great just discontent with everything else i was doing <laughs> honestly i mean it was something i always wanted to go after but never did never took the jump never tried i was told when i was a kid you know it's a you got a great gift but it's too bad it's not a viable route you know it's too bad it's not an actual career choice you know and i kind of believed it i just i feel like i was afraid i didn't want to try i just held back i didn't have a lot of experience just figured i I'll just sit back. And it just got to me. After a while, I just couldn't sit and wait anymore. I just had to do it. Just basically made the jump, figured if nobody likes it, then, well, at least I know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so It'll become you... clear fairly fairly soon. Right. Yeah. Dead silence. Yeah. Just go, all right. All right. Cool. Great. Time to go get my accounting degree. Okay. Are, are, are you are you full-time music now? Or is that are you supporting yourself through your music currently? I am partly... I say I'm full-time musician. Uh, everything I do goes into supporting this while being able to keep my family alive. Okay. Um, that's, those are the two big things. Yeah. No, but everything I do, I, every job I get, you know, time-wise, money-wise, everything, it goes into being able to do this. Here's a question. We also asked Zach this question. We'll ask Paige this question when we talk to her here in a little bit. We're going to tie this back to one of our previous podcast episodes where we, we actually did a show based on the crummy jobs that Andrew and I had. Uh, and listeners, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't gone back and listened to it yet, listen to it now. Go back and listen to it right now. We'll pause and we'll wait for you. And Welcome we're back. back. Thank you. <laughs> so, Ben, what is the crummiest job that you took on to pay the bills in order to keep living your dream? Crummiest job, man. I'm pro I might be doing one now, so I don't want to. <laughs> uh... <laughs> or you were. <laughs> right. You know, I, I've been I've been pretty lucky. I've been pretty lucky. I've never lost a job. Okay, never lost a job after an interview. So I, I try I try to go for ones that seem decent enough that I won't hate myself too badly. Maybe it was working. I was a, a postal service where I was a deliverer, or what do you have? casual carrier they called it and um, mm. it wasn't crummy in so much that the job the job was all right but it was like you could go in at seven in the morning and you wouldn't get done till like 9 p.m oh that would suck yeah, yeah. and you had no real choice in the, in the matter well just think of it as prep for like being a touring musician <laughs> well that and i respect the hell out of <laughs> postal workers now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so going back to your your style we talked a little bit about the what was it folk rock soul now we're going yeah. to rock folk soul what types of influences did you have on you as a musician tom petty for sure was huge for me mm. growing up i think that was like a, a musical revelation when i was like nine or ten but even before that my you know my 
folks would play that stuff on, on the record player and it always blew me away. I always loved what I heard coming out of every album yeah. he put out. And then when I was nine or 10, I bought Wildflowers. That was the first album I ever purchased on my own. And I was just like everybody who heard it, you were just blown away. But as a 10 year old, you're like, this is, this is what music can sound like, yeah. you know, that, you know, as, and then as I grew as a musician, you start just picking things from different people. The way that Glenn Hansard, he's an Irish guy, the way he sings, the way Ray LaMontagne approaches, uh, vocally approaches a song, the way uh, Ryan Adams put together a, a story, a song, the way Bruce Springsteen puts together a story. You know, you just start to figure out some things and you start to glean ideas from other people like that. And I've been blown away by it, but just, there's so many. So how, how can you even name, you know, sure. all of them? But for sure, Tom Petty was the starting point. That, that's the diving board I jumped off of. Okay. That's awesome. He's also someone that told a story with his songs, and I think that's what yeah. you're gonna. That's what you're getting from all three of the people that we're talking to today. And I'm talking to our, our listeners here. They're all storytellers, songwriters, singer songwriters. Where do you pull the inspiration from your stories? Where does the inspiration the come from? What's right? what's Where's your muse? Yeah. I felt like the first album was very introspective. And so part of the new album I wanted to do was explore that idea of stories that aren't particularly about me, but I, you know, are connected to me because everyone relates to a story. We can get something from a story. So this new album I'm excited about because the stories for it have come from people I've met. They've come from family members. You know, my observation of watching them. It's come from people that I, I bumped into on the street and then just started to wonder where they came from, what they did, even after talking with them for a short period of time. Inspiration for that kind of stuff is it's just really trying to get out of my own head, trying to think through the, the eyes, the lens of somebody else. It's hearing somebody just talk about going through something and then taking that one little thing and focusing on that one thing for an entire song and, and filling in those details just by imagining what happened around that situation. The album that you have out currently, it's called Solace. Yeah. After listening to it, like I said, I was out on my porch Sunday listening to the wind and in, in your music. <laughs> and uh, my favorite on the album was the title song, Solace. I think oh, that, yeah? to cool, me... Man. That one was the one that kind of jumped out at me as my favorite of the bunch. I think all musicians, well, maybe not all because Zach couldn't really necessarily nail down a favorite, but <laughs> I think most musicians have either their favorite or I'm going to expand it a little bit here or a song that they wrote, recorded, and just don't like and won't ever play again. So I'll let you pick which one you want to answer, which is your either your favorite or the song that you really don't want to play ever again. You'll never know about the one I won't ever play again or record, so... Because <laughs> you're just never going to play it again. Right? That's right. It's done. It's never going to happen. I have a favorite of Zach's. <laughs> I think right you know, right now, my, my favorite is this uh, song that we're going to put on the new album. I'll probably play that one later. Um, Perfect. It's called She Was On The Run or On The Run. It was one of those tunes that I was just trying to write some stuff and I just couldn't come up with anything. Decided to go put my guitar away in the case. And as I was walking to the case, I just started strumming these chords. And it's I had to stop after about four steps because it, <laughs> they just, it was like that. Nothing yeah. for about two hours of trying to do something. Sure. <laughs> you get up to put the guitar away and you're like, oh, okay. And you sit down and I think I spent maybe four minutes and the song was done. Wow. It was just like, boom, 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 chorus came out of nowhere. And to me, it's a simple song. It's written simply. It's got a, It's just got a nice feel to it. It's right in the middle. There's so much you can do with it. And I, I, I'm really excited. We did record this one already. And what my guys do with it is, it's amazing. So, yeah, I think this is my favorite one so far. It's called On yeah, the Run. I'd... Everyone's different. I, I don't know. And it's funny because usually the, the one that you like the most is like people like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The one it's you okay. put your heart and soul into, everybody's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I like the gifts. I like the ones that come like that and you don't even yeah. plan on it. That's Those awesome. are fun. Yeah, and I think I feel like it has a little bit of a Tom Petty feel to it, especially around the chorus. So that, to me, maybe that subconsciously is why I really like this song, really Sweet. attached to it. Does that does that answer it properly? Absolutely. I wanted to do better than Zach on that answer. <laughs> yes, you did a great job. Thank you. I did? Okay, good. All right. That's all we're trying to do. As long as we can one up Zach, we'll be good. So, I don't want to one up. He's Zach is the best person, uh, one of the best people I've ever met. 
Let's talk a little bit about the current situation that we all find ourselves in with the whole COVID. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Something know. Ben, going on? Ben, what are you talking you, about? I don't know what? if you've heard this, but yeah. <laughs> wow. I have to rethink my life. Obviously, this has not been a great situation for everybody. And obviously, uh, there's a lot of people that have been impacted and have really had to change how they live and, and how they make money, for that matter. I think from a musician standpoint, for the fact that a lot of revenue typically would come from playing out, how have you adjusted to this? Or have you? Poorly? Poorly? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think like everybody, when this first happened, I, there was a lot of mourning to be to, to do. I mean, we, this is talking about March, we had a huge summer setup. We were going, uh, we had Summerfest we were going to do. We, you know, we were going to, on the Miller Lite stage there, we were going to do Bastille Days. We had just a huge summer going, a bunch of fests. And like everybody, suddenly it was gone. And I think right off the bat, initially, there was just this, feeling of like what do we do now a lot of mourning you had to get rid of you know that loss wasn't going to come back it helped to realize that people like me other musicians were all in the same position we we're all going through this together and then the attitude for me just changed to you know i'm I, i'm a creative person if i can't get creative now when can i get creative yeah it gives you a lot of time and, to really put something together right right and so it became okay if i can't do this what can i do in order to make things work well and so it was reaching out to different you know if, if it was live streams or like the podcast with you, with you guys um whatever i could do to make sure that the music still gets out there and then also we were able to we were going to record this second album anyway this year we were going to start in fall but instead we started in june and did it as safely and as long as we could we're waiting a little bit we have a few more songs to get through but we're still doing what we can our, our keyboardist dan is recording his parts from his home and sending them over to our guy and and uh who's also our electric guitarist ken <laughs> so we're you know we're doing what we can we're just trying to make sure that the music doesn't stop and trying to make sure that we get out and play when we can where it's safe to play and the, you know just being responsible with this whole thing because it will end eventually so in the meantime <laughs> it's trying to just maintain the the fact that we want to stay relevant with our music we want people to continue to hear it so right. how do we do that you know just getting creative about it i learned from zach that the preferred method of consumption is not through streaming services and <laughs> that we should be what well, <laughs> What I started doing then is we're going to encourage our listeners that if you like what you hear on the show here, go check out some more on Spotify. But then if you like what you hear there, go buy it off of your website. The easiest and best way to do it is because you can get digital right off of our website, too. And it's the same price. Yeah, well, you, he's, you, he's you not have, wrong. You, know, you have vinyl and CDs on your website. You can got it all, man. Right off there. And then you got some other stuff like stickers and buttons. So That's right. Yeah, we you got know. some shirts. We're trying to get some more. It's hard to save up when yeah. you don't have the income like you <laughs> right, used to. for sure. We're getting there. It'll be fine. To put the plug in, it's benheraldmusic.com. H-A-R-O-L-D, benheraldmusic.com. Go there. Buy two albums and give one away to your friends. Yep. Ooh. And I will. <laughs> it's good. When we post this show on the 15th, I will make sure that we link to your social media yep. and your website too. So. Well, thank you. Should we tell your listeners that you guys both shaved? I see there's no more beards here. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Oh, okay. We went the opposite in quarantine. <laughs> Most people grow their beards out. We cut and all we did. <laughs> no, they're there, there. I'm just li- <laughs> I am a filthy liar. Nate just shut his camera off so no one can see his <laughs> no, face. <laughs> I was trying to take a screen capture to refute your blasphemy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> most people can only handle about 20 minutes it's fine <laughs> ben you got a song ready for us you want to play that now i'd be happy to i'd be very happy to this one is, is that song i was talking about on the run kind of about a woman who you know she wants to live her life and who who are we to say how she's supposed to do that all right awesome. perfect on the run ben harrell here we go She was on the run 
And that one you you just recorded recently or within the last few months, you said? Yeah, that one we uh, we recorded that down. uh, I think once the piano got down last month, uh, just have some fine tuning, a couple more things to add to it. Do you have a ETA on the new album? Any idea? Uh, Well, it will be 2021. Um, As far as when exactly, I'm not quite sure yet. Maybe spring. Okay. Maybe springtime. It's a little hard to figure out when you have no it, idea what's going next, right? Yeah. All right. Well, again, Ben, thanks for joining us. BenHeraldMusic.com. Go check it out. Thanks, guys. Definitely thanks. appreciate yeah, it being great, part man. of our show. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Peace, Peace out, man. We'll see you later. We're going to take another quick break, and we're going to promo another one of our TitanCast Network shows. This is called I Love the Internet. Go check them out. Listen to their promo. Hello everyone, this is Kelly, an internet rabbit hole enthusiast. And I'm Nick Bros, former host of It Could Be Worse, the podcast, and longtime fan of the internet. We are I Love the Internet, two cross-country friends that met on the web exploring all the corners of the internet that you'd never have the time to find. Yep, and we're going to be talking about the best and the worst parts of the internet. The things we love, the things we hate, and the things that make us wonder where the last three hours went. And guess what? You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at I Love the Internet Podcast or visit our page on the Titancast Network website at TitancastNetwork.com where you can find our show and a whole lineup of other amazing podcasts. And then please send us all of your internet related stories and findings to I Love the Internet Podcast at gmail.com. Got anything else? That's it. Good. And that's, that's enough, enough internet, internet for today. today. We are back with our new friend, Paige Hargrove. Welcome, Paige. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Paige is another, is a third in the line of three singer songwriter <laughs> musicians that we're talking to today. Paige, you get the benefit of going last. And we were joking with Ben that we didn't say we saved the best for last. We're not saying that necessarily, but, but it's the we truth. all know it's the truth, right? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the truth. It's not. You'll hear me talk and say things that don't make sense. And you'll be like, great. That's good for us. I mean, you know. That's a story of our lives, really, to be honest. I asked the other guys some questions. And I think I'm going to ask some similar ones of you, Paige. What got you into music? I'm not sure if I can, like, pick apart a moment. 
I started playing guitar not until I was like 16. My friend played guitar and I wanted to too. <laughs> and then I just started playing in like my church youth group and stuff like that. And I don't think I ever had a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. But it's just been something that I've just kept doing and I love doing. When did you realize that you had the pipes to sing and carry a tune? <laughs> I, I don't know. I loved and still do love uh, Paramore and Haley Williams' voice. I think I got my loud voice from just trying to be like her and singing her songs all the time <laughs> and probably ruining my vocal cords, but um, they're holding up still. So, Perfect. so that, <laughs> yeah. that, you actually answered another question as far as who your musical influences were. So I was listening after we talked last weekend uh, doing our prep for this show. I had a chance to sit out on my porch on Sunday evening and I was just listening to music. I was listening to the two guys and then I also listened to everything that you had out on Spotify as well. This may not be your intent, but I'm getting a little bit of vibes of a Jewel and Alanis Morissette kind of mix with what you bring musically. Uh, I don't know if that's an intention for you or if you agree with me or not, but that's kind of what I'm feeling from... What I'm hearing. I do get both of those names thrown at me a lot, for okay. sure. I don't know they're I mean, I do I do love them. I don't know if they're a specific, I would say, influence to me, but I mean when I hear that it makes me happy for sure. <laughs> Cause I, I enjoy them as artists. So thank uh, you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well I'm I'm glad so it what, wasn't what, taken as a like what did you grow up listening to what what she was your said, influence she just said uh, that dummy she said paramore i well, like okay. yeah i want more paramore in high school that was like my punk phase i would love to just be like a punk lead singer of a band but i don't have the charisma for it or the <laughs> bravery um but i mean i grew up listening to like just classic rock from my parents now like what do you Eagles okay and bruce springsteen so true, um, true classic rock. There's a younger generation now that's considering the stuff I grew up listening to as classic rock, like you know, we're old, Guns and Roses <laughs> and that type of stuff. I don't consider that classic rock. I think I got more into singer songwriter after high school, more like Jason Isbell and more that country folk kind of thing. And I think that probably has been the most influential to my writing, like Noah Gunderson or David Ramirez or. Foy Vance, just more acoustic stuff. One of the things we talked about with Ben and Zach as well is that, like you, they're both singer-songwriters. They're telling stories with their lyrics, which is not a common thing anymore. What inspiration do you get, or what is your muse for writing the songs that you write? Where do you pull from? I used to more pull from my experiences and my feelings, I guess. Writing lately, I feel like I've just kind of gotten to this safe spot in life, with them, which I'm very thankful for. <laughs> I'm not going through breakups. I'm married. You know, it's kind of nice. I do put myself, you know, in other people's situations or hear stories. And I usually write from my point of view through that situation, I guess. That's how I write most of my songs. So it's not like I don't like to take somebody's personal experience because I feel weird taking it. But I would think like, what? how would I feel in this situation and kind of write a song about it? Do you think that comes with maturity as a songwriter where you can? It's almost like a dual thing where you're interjecting yourself into a situation for the song, but you're also separating yourself for the song. I mean, is that something that you've had to like a skill you've had to work at over time or is it just a natural progression? Yeah, for sure. I think it is definitely a different kind of way to write. And it, that always takes a little longer and takes time to kind of figure out the balance of the song and where, where it fully goes. Because sometimes it can get so, the focus can get mixed up, I guess, if you're taking two different stories. Sure. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes I get sidetracked. <laughs> oh, we do all the time. Uh, it's yeah. it's amazing we've got forty episodes out because we get sidetracked and down rabbit holes so easily. Yeah, that's why Nate has to edit. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though. I have another question for you, Paige. Tied to mm -hmm. this is tied to. Or was it going with this? I thought I had another question. I'll edit this part out. <laughs> He always edits out the parts that make him sound dumb. Absolutely. The parts that make me sound dumb. It's weird. <laughs> well, because the ones that make you trick. sound dumb yeah. are, 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 are funny. That's right. 
Do you want to do the jobs question? Yeah, that was it. That thank you. you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so you were so, like one brain all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So, perfect. <laughs> based on our conversations last weekend, I'm assuming that you also have a day job that you're not completely supporting yourself with music yet. Is that correct, or some sort of side job that kind of helps pay the yeah. bills? Yeah, I've I've worked with kids like my whole life, so I'm still nannying families. Especially now with everything going on, I got a couple jobs back and I'm also a preschool teacher. Also something I love to do. So it's, it's been a good balance of the two, I guess. One of the questions that we asked the other guys, we're tying this question back to a previous episode that we did called Crummy Jobs. So listeners, if you still haven't gotten a chance to go listen to that, this is your third and final chance to go back and listen to it during this show. We'll stop. Talking to we'll, our listeners now, we'll, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen. Ready. We'll, we'll wait ready, go, right go now. <laughs> And we're back. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) With that said, with all of our listeners now having listened to that show page, what is the crummiest job that you've had to take in order to help pay the bills as a musician? Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) No hesitation. Wow. Hands down. I've been actually very lucky with a lot of jobs I've had. Um, but Starbucks was the worst. So what made it crummy? Yeah, I mean, that's like everybody that's an artist has to, either you have to put in some shifts as a barista or you have to put in some shifts as a bartender. Yep. <laughs> or a waiter or a waitress, right? I mean, Serving the, crappy yeah. people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like a rite of Somehow. passage. Somehow. Yeah. It's really humbling though. It really yeah. is. <laughs> it yeah. is. Great. One of the things that I've always been fascinated with with musicians is um, we talked a little bit about the craft of writing a song and how that's changed for you. Mm-hmm. And then just a little bit of background. As a young artist or musician, you tip, I at least did this, but you typically sort of shun all forms of commercialism, right? You're doing it for, for the art, so to speak. And then as you get older as an artist and musician, you realize that you have to pay bills and want to have a family and things, you know, become people want money for things so you can live so there's always like this weird transition or juxtaposition between the commercial side of the art or music and sort of what others would consider the only creative side i don't know that i buy completely into that but how did you find that balance or how did you navigate that transition between just like liking to play music and then trying to support yourself with music i feel like i'm still navigating it very (laughs) intensely (laughs) it's very hard balance i've just kind of always said i mean it's so hard with music because social media and everything like that is just it's very important nowadays to it's less of the product and more of the advertisement and the push and stuff and i hate that so much (laughs) um and i'm still in a point where i'm just like i don't want to do it and that's kind of where i'm at i'm not good at navigating it i would love like my husband is a a marketer and he should really do some more stuff but i just get so (laughs) so iffy about i don't like to be pushy and Mm -hmm. And weird, and I know that there's a balance, and I'm still trying to find out how to do it because I know some people do it very well and very humbly, and mm-hmm. like in a very human. Yeah, they way. don't turn into used car salesmen, but they're yes, but they're yet they're gracious, and yet they're still like you know realizing the commercial side of it for sure. Right, right, and there's definitely a balance, and I definitely have not found it yet. <laughs> so and I'm just more like, I still love to do it and I'll share what I make. And kind of in that point, I've still getting opportunities from it. So I think one point, at some point, I have to kind of lean a little bit more into it. Mm-hmm. But I still have a heart that's just like, I don't want to do it yet. Yeah. <laughs> this COVID doesn't help, right? Because no. you have less opportunity to, 100%. to do that, right? Speaking well, of COVID, what, what have you been doing differently during this last several months where music venues are shut down, so you're not playing out necessarily all that much? Ben is talking about writing new music, and Zach is talking about spending time with his family. What are you doing mm-hmm. differently during this time? Thankfully, lately, I've been writing more which is great because I kind of got into really bad writer's block and I was in that for the first couple months of this quarantine. But thankfully, I, I work for a company called Songfinch out of Chicago and it's like a personal songwriting company. So I've been doing a lot of work for them over the past, like through this year, and they've kind of kept me in the writing state of mind and kept me in the the music business, I guess, <laughs> nice. with money. So I'm very thankful for that. Right. But otherwise... 
it honestly I've kind of enjoyed the the break from shows and kind of just refocus on revisiting old songs and the writing process it's that's kind of my favorite part so honestly it's been a good refresher for me I've been kind of thankful for it yeah great so you have one album out called Georgia right yes do you have any more coming any plans in in the near future for a second I have many songs for it, yes. I'm working with, I don't know if Zach talked about working in a studio by Milwaukee, and I'm working with the same guy he's working up there. I'm in Illinois, so because of Wisconsin, mm. kind of, what what do you call it? Um, there's some the sort border. of... The yeah. border. Yeah. There's, yeah, Illinois. Yeah, they keep going yeah. on and off, and right. with like school, I can't go in there. I would have to quarantine sure. for two weeks. So it's just been hard with COVID to get that going, but once everything kind of settles down. I'm excited to get another full band album out. I like to say hopefully in the near future, but it's kind of all unpredictable. Right so have now. you started the recording of it yet? Have you started some songs? One was like just about finished before everything went down. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, I have them all written. Sure. It's ready to be recorded, but it's just the wait Yeah. now yeah. to get it done. It's been fun to kind of write them all out and see that I have material for it mm-hmm. so if people don't follow your social media they should follow you on instagram because you're constantly posting songs all right? the time so you're singing covers <laughs> um yep. do you have like do you have a staple of songs you go back to and you want to put out there as as covers and just kind of thing and do you take requests and do you take requests? <laughs> I do. I do. Sometimes if they're if they're good ones. <laughs> it depends if I like it or not. Because sometimes, you know, you learn a song and your voice just doesn't fit. And it's yeah. just kind of like, I don't know. I play cover gigs all the time out at bars. So I have lists on lists of, yeah, of yeah. cover songs. So I, I've just been playing some of my favorites that I like awesome. to sing, I guess. Where do you post those cover songs? Is that on Instagram, Instagram. or YouTube? Instagram. Instagram. I also okay. do YouTube covers, but those have kind of dwindled out. All right, I'm going to have to find the your stuff on Instagram because I've got some okay. stuff that I think I want to hear you sing. So uh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll listen through. Nate's going to send you a bunch of Megadeth. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's no, she, perfect. She wants yeah. to be a punk. Yeah, I want to be a punk rock, punk rock star. So something like some heavy, the Ramones some heavy or stuff. Sex Pistols or something <laughs> like that, yeah. One final question for you here, Paige, that the other guys both kind of answered the same way in different roundabout fashion. Which is your favorite song that you've written? Do you have one? My favorite song, it's usually like whatever I just wrote, but um, I would say like overall, my favorite song is probably Leo. Okay. That I've that I've written. You basically answered the exact same way, Ben, yeah. and... <laughs> Really? Zach, both oh, I just wrote but... this one. That's kind of my favorite right now. <laughs> it you're... is because you're you're like, oh, it's new and exciting. Yeah. You know, all the other ones you've sang a you're... billion trillion times, they get a little old sometimes. We'll take that answer. That's fine. Yeah, that's a great answer. People can find right. your stuff at pagehargrovemusic.com. And we learned with Zach and confirmed this with Ben that if you like what you hear with Paige when she plays her song here in a minute, check it out on Spotify, but go buy it off of her website because that will help support her the best possible way. Uh, go do that. I always say buy two and give one to a friend. You know, <laughs> That's what I'm all I love about. That. <laughs> I love that. What do you have for us? What are you going to play for us today? Georgia Blues. Georgia Blues. Awesome. So you got my request. That's Nate's favorite. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite song off of, like off of your album yeah. so far. It's my loudest. Okay. It's one of them. Well, I'm placed in Georgia. Little faith in I'm not going back home Once upon days I kept singing I sing sad songs Radio plays But I'm not settling for anything less than real Well, I'm stuck on the Evangelist and 
That was awesome. Woo! Thank you guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> thank you. you know, no, nothing. No offense to the guys, but I think we did save the best for last. That's right. Oh, there's something. Geez, to, there's something. Last, I know that that's not true. There's something to be said for uh, a powerful female voice like that, and I, I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on, Paige. Definitely appreciate it. Thank, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so go to pagehardgrovemusic.com. We'll send the, put the links out on our socials. Uh, check them out. Yeah. Download by Pages album. We'd like to thank all of our listeners for joining us. We appreciate uh, everybody for listening to the show, sharing the show with others, providing yep. us with the feedback. Even Josh, we even appreciate Josh's feedback. Yeah, he provided some additional <laughs> feedback that we're gonna we're gonna leave off after the last because <laughs> it wasn't exactly uh, PG thirteen friendly. So we'll leave that. No, out. no. But you can find all of our links to listen on our website, twobeardsplease.com, in addition yep. to our social medias. Andrew? We are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and The Talk. And we are on TikTok. Tickety Talk. Apparently yep. still. TikTok. <laughs> I don't know why. Or because we're trying to, you know, we're so hip. Because it's we're the mod- modern <laughs> modern way of communicating. That's right. We're trying, and we we're have trying a, to be... We have a voicemail number. We do. We have a voicemail number, which you can also text us. But if you text yep. us, you got to leave us your name because we're not going to know who, who's calling us necessarily. That number is 262-345-7076. Well, i got to take the crayon out of my nose. Hold on. Say it again. 262-345-7076. Perfect. All Thanks right. for listening. Be, be kind. nice to each other. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Bye, Talk Paige. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Yeah. That was a Titan Cast episode.